Hello and welcome to Just the Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in the 15th day of our Advent reading. <clears throat> Obviously you can do the math. There's only two days till Christmas. Uh, we're not going to get through whatever it is, 22 days of Advent um, readings, but that's okay. Um, yesterday I got wrapped up in work and then I had a Christmas event at my church and so I just couldn't do the get the the time to do this. So I apologize for missing yesterday. Um, every time I tried, something was happening and we're trying to wrap up the, get ready for the, the end of the year. <clears throat> and so I just couldn't get to get, make, I just couldn't find the time with the various commitments I had. So I apologize. But today we're going to go through Matthew one. And so often when I'm reading these genealogies that either are primarily in the Old Testament, I kind of just like, don't, I'm like, okay, great. And, um, but this one, as I was praying, I kind of, I got something in my heart stirred up and I can't wait to go through this with you. So with that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a God, our God the creator of all, and we love you. And thank you that you don't make us look back all the time, even though we do it ourselves. Thank you to, thank you for not saying to me when I accepted you into my life and made the decision for your Holy Spirit to dwell in me, <clears throat> that I would be willing to do that. Thank you for not then pointing out and going through all the records that I've broken and all the f- failings I've had all the chapters of my life that are actually not dramas, they're freaking horror stories at times. So Father, I'm grateful that you don't ask that of me. I do it of myself all the time, and I know that's not of you. So Father, I just pray as we read today that we think about you're the God who has a plan for our future because you solved the past for us with your with your son. So father, lift up I lift up this time to you. I just pray that you would be the one that we hear from. That would be your voice, Holy Spirit, that we hear. It'd be your understanding and your wisdom we would gain and there would be nothing from this guy. I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go ahead and get through get started and we'll start with chapter 1 of Matthew, verse 1. <clears throat> This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Animabad. Anindabad the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, sorry, 
Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of of the exile to Babylon. <clears throat> After the ba- the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, <laughs> I'm sure I'm butchering all these, Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud, Abihud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Eliad, Eliad, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathen, Mathen, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called Messiah. Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, Jesus is the uh, Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So a couple things. One is the, we'll go into a little less detail. But, you know, so often the, the birth of Jesus, the, the Christmas story, really focuses on Mary, how the angel spoke to her and everything else. So rarely do we actually listen and, and hear about and read about in church, Joseph. But Joseph was a, he was a good man. He was a godly man. And it says that he was, you know, faithful and that he didn't want, he was, someone who is faithful to the law and he cared about Mary. He didn't want to disgrace her. So he's a good person. He's a good man. And then on top of it, knowing that there's going to be grief and he's going to experience it, he still obeys God and marries her and doesn't sleep with her until she has Jesus. So Joseph is amazing because so many men back then would not have done that. Not at all. But I want to go back to the genealogy, and I want to think about the three or the four women prior to Mary 
that are covered in in it. So the first one they talk about is Tamar. And Tamar, or maybe it's Tamar. Um, Tamar (laughs) is, well, number one, all four of them have quite the stories. They aren't the typical um, Jewish ideal. And so it's interesting to me that God points them out. And obviously, if he's pointing them out, then there's a reason for it. He's obviously trying to tell and show all of us something. Because he points out these women, and they're the only ones. And, you know, normally women don't even get considered when you're talking about this time frame. So if you look at Tamar, one of really what is amazing is, A, she had two sons. two tw- She had twins. And, uh, you know, there's a whole discussion about how when she had one of them, stuck his hand out of her first and... Then the other one pulled him back, basically, and got born. So, you know, creating quite the uh, animosity amongst them. And so Tamar, though, she was married, and her husband died. Then her husband, her her brother-in-law, then married her, as was the tradition. And her father-in-law was Judah. Pretty big name, right, in the whole structure of the Jewish faith and and genealogy well her second husband died and judah had promised his third son to her but never delivered never had her so she was a widow and widows back then were not you know protected they weren't in a good place so he he lied and she wound up sleeping with him she tricked him he was off looking for a hooker and uh found she dressed up as one and He slept with her because he thought she was a prostitute. I guess they all don't, they wear veils the whole time or whatever. But, um, and then, and then because she was pregnant, they found out that she had slept around. They were going to burn her to death. (laughs) That's not cool because obviously someone slept with her. What about him? But, anyways, long story short, here's someone who lost two husbands, not her fault. That's not a bad thing. But then wound up sleeping with her father in law. And her father-in-law, who was Judah, when he found out that it was her that he slept with and it was his sons, called her righteous. He called her more righteous than him. He was convicted and she was exalted. So right there you have someone who did something kind of outside the lines, pretty big, and uh, you know became but was exalted as righteous. And you don't get women in this era lifted up in a positive way generally. So next is Rahab. Well, Rahab, if you remember, she is the prostitute who hid the um, the two Israeli, you know, Jewish spies, and kept them safe. But she was a prostitute in Jericho, and she was. But she was a prostitute. But she was blessed because when the walls fell down. And she lived on the walls. That's how they got out. They went out a window that was on the wall that was in her house. When the walls fell down, her house wasn't destroyed. Her home. She lived. And her family lived. She wound up marrying a prince, Salmon, a prince of Israel. Again, she goes from prostitute to a princess. God makes amazing things out of broken people. Then you have Ruth. Her name has two meanings. 
One is drunk and the other is satisfied. <clears throat> but she wasn't even a Jew. She wasn't even an Israeli. She was a Gentile. And yet she was right there in the, in the line of David. She, you know, she, um, she was the mother of Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse was King David's dad. So again, a Gentile that was pretty amazing and she had lived and moved to Bethlehem. Again, part of the story, right? It's amazing the coincidence and how it all fits together. And the last one, the last woman <clears throat> that we look at is the mother whose mother had been Uriah's wife. So Uriah's wife, Bathsheba doesn't even get her name mentioned. She's not even mentioned because of what happened between her and David. That's amazing, but she's still covered in here. So she had had an affair, kind of, she was forced, but with David, her name's not even worthy to be mentioned, yet she is the, the mom of Solomon, the smartest, richest man ever. He was the Elon Musk of the time, but righteous. Elon Musk is a good guy, I guess. He's rich and he's smart. Righteous? I don't know. Solomon, though, was. And he was part of the whole line of Jesus. So when you think about all of this, and for me, I've been struggling with, as most a lot of people have, and as you all will, are well, well aware, I struggle with my shortcomings. And I keep trying to fix them myself. And I need to let God do that. I was listening to Matthew West last night, his Christmas special. He said the, something that was very impactful to me. He said, we have records in our lives that are messed up or broken. He goes, but you know, it's not for us to try to fix them on our own or even at all. When we accept Christ in our life, he, if, if he wants something fixed, he will guide you and fix it with you. Don't do it on your own. But what we've seen over time is that how many times has God told someone in the Bible, <clears throat> oh, you screwed up over here, you have to go fix it. Maybe where there's someone who's still suffering, but in their own personal life, oh, you, you swore, or how about, um, how about when you're talking about Tamar? Hey, you slept with your father-in-law. No. How about Ruth? Um, you're, you're a Gentile. You're not part of this. You need to go and become a Jew, accept all of our, our beliefs first. You need to convert. No. He doesn't make us do that. God is the God of looking forward. He has a plan for our future. He doesn't necessarily want us looking back. I can't, you can't say that absolutely because there may be times where you have to go fix something or resolve it. But bottom line, all the looking back that we do, that I do, has to end. And it's the looking forward, the living for him, that has to really needs to take place. And I thank him for that. 
that my past is my past and it's as far away from me as the East is from the West. And that it's about moving forward with him, not reliving my failures. So I just look at the women that were covered in Matthew 1. And they're amazing that they're part of Jesus's genealogy. You have a prostitute. You have someone who slept with their father-in-law. You have a Gentile. And you have a woman who, they don't even include her name, Bathsheba. All part of the Messiah's lineage. If ever there was something to tell tell all of us, that there's nothing we can do that keeps us from God, this is it. I'm not so bad that I can't, that I have to first fix things. I'm not so bad that he can't forgive me. Jesus has in his lineage good stuff from great people and some not so great stuff. But it's all part of the human experience because God, because Jesus was fully human and he gets us. So with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I just praise you for loving us. You are the God of the of looking forward. And I just pray, Lord, that I would quit looking back in in regret. Looking at all my failures and my mistakes and that I would instead truly understand who you are and how much you love me. That at the end of the day I'm your child and that's all that matters that you view me differently than I view myself. So, Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this day. I just lift up my friends who are listening. I pray that this word would go out and be fruitful. I pray that you would be the one that they hear and be your voice, your love that they experience. And I lift up our families. I lift up our friends. I just pray for those who are having health issues or whose family members are, who are scared and nervous, Lord. I just pray you comfort them. May this be a time when they get to know you closer and better. I pray for those who are traveling because it's going to be interesting out there. Be with them, I pray, Lord. Keep them safe and may their hearts and their minds be focused on you. I know Some of my family is nervous about seeing other parts of the family. I know it can be a challenge, and some of the anxiety can lead to reactions. I just pray for peace upon my family. I pray for peace upon all of their hearts, and I pray that you would dwell amongst them, that you, Holy Spirit, would be strong amongst them, that you would bring them comfort and joy and peace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.